Nation. Let's talk hockey. Welcome to the Gackle Report brought to you by the Bay Area News Group. I'm your host, Paul Gackle, coming to you from the Grand Sawdust Hotel, Sawdust, Sawgrass Hotel in Sunshine, Florida. Aaron Dell gets the job done in place of Martin Jones. No surprises there, as the Sharks put together one of their best games of the year against the Philadelphia Flyers. Jones' health for this road trip, still uncertain. Does Antoine Bebo get a start in one of these two games in Florida coming up here this weekend? And also, we'll get to why the Winnipeg Jets could be the perfect dance partner for the San Jose Sharks. But let's open things up with the bad news that came out of Philadelphia. Eunice Donskoy leaves the game in the middle of the second period after skating on a Sharks power play. I think I could hear a collective, no, echoing across the country from the West Coast after Donskoy left that game. Head coach Pete DeBoer said it was the result of a kind of cross-check. The records show that Donskoy took a hit from Robert Hag at 7.59 of the second period. You know, on Monday we talked about Martin Jones's day-to-day injury and whether the Sharks have the goaltending depth to absorb his loss on a short-term basis if that's necessary. We saw the answer to that question Monday night as Aaron Dell reeled off 22 consecutive saves to lead the Sharks to a 3-1 victory. DeBoer also pleased that Troy Grosnick goes down with an injury with the AHL Barracuda, and the Sharks still have someone like Bebo that they can call up and depend on if needed. He's been stellar in the American League with a 925 save percentage and a 204 goals against average. But a Don Scoy injury would be an entirely different animal for the San Jose Sharks. The Sharks are deep in between the pipes. But when it comes to scoring punch up front, that's where they lack their depth. We've talked about this before. Don Scoy really has been one of the lone bright spots among the Sharks forward group this year. In training camp, when asked how the Sharks would replace Patrick Marlowe's production, DeBoer said the Sharks would need snapback seasons from guys like Hurdle, Bodker, Tierney, Hansen, and yes, Donskoy. The young guys would need to step up and play a role similar to what Brian Rust, Connor Sheary, and Jake Gensel have done in Pittsburgh. So far out of this group of players, I like Hurdle. The numbers probably aren't blowing you away, but I think he's been a real boon to Couture's line. And 14 points in 23 games ain't shabby. Tierney, I wrote about this a little bit yesterday. I think he's been a bit of an unsung hero centering that third line. That's a loud hurdle to jump back up to the wing on Couture's line. He's third on the team in goals of six. And that might say more about the Sharks' offense, but he's giving them serviceable minutes. I think he has a ways to go before you look down the middle and go, man, Couture, Thornton, Tierney, how do you match up with these guys? But he's definitely elevating this year. Bodker, Hansen, definitely can't say they've lived up to expectations. 
and the younger guys, LeBanc, Meyer, Carpenter, O'Regan, who was just called up, I don't think that you can say any of these guys are performing at the Gensel, Rust, Shearley level just yet. And that leads us to Donskoy. What a revelation he's been. As DeBoer said last week, nice to have him back in town. And we've been seeing that guy who took the league by storm during the Sharks' run to the final two years ago uh, throughout the first quarter of this season. Seven goals, 12 points. He was on the fourth line back in October, and you saw him work, you saw him work his way back up to Couture's line where he's recorded four points in five games already. And his emergence on that line really has solidified the Sharks' top six forward group. Granted, we're not seeing the production from Jumbo's line that we saw a couple years ago. But since that Panthers game at home two weeks ago, today, they've been tilting the ice. They've been winning the possession game. They've won the possession game every game since that game. And if you consider what this San Jose Sharks team is now, a defense-first squad, a team that plays defense by grinding teams down on the forecheck, keeping the puck in the O-zone, maybe being a strong possession line with some offense splashed in here and there, maybe that's enough for the Thornton line under this formula. Maybe they're effective under that formula. But that leads us back to Donskoy and what he's done for the Couture line. Donskoy with Hurdle and number 39, that is a legit NHL top line right now. For what my money's worth, I'll take Couture right up there with almost every center in the National Hockey League right now. I think you've got Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, and Jonathan Taves on one tier, and then I think Couture's right there on the next tier with the rest of the centers. And then you throw that power onto that line with Tomas Hurdle, and then Donskoy, if he's playing at that 2015-16 level like he has been, it's a really solid line. Especially for the type of team that the San Jose Sharks want to be. They want more scoring, but that's not really how they're expecting to get it done. They don't think of themselves as the Pittsburgh Penguins or the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're going about it in a little bit of a different way. Now, you can argue whether, whether that's the way to go or not. But in terms of what they are, that's a pretty solid top line. But you pull that linchpin that I call Jonas Donskoy out of the mix, I think that entire forward group drops quite a few notches. you got Melker Carlson in that group. He's a decent... You throw Melker Carlson onto that line with Couture and Hurdle. You know, that's a decent NHL second line. But that's more of what you'd consider to be, you know, more of a traditional shutdown type of line. It's not quite the offensive line that you get when you throw Jonas Donskoy onto that spot. And I'm a big Melker Carlson guy. You guys know this. But when you're talking about a team that needs scoring punch up top, that's not his role. That's not what he's going to bring. He doesn't have that offensive creativity that we see from a Jonas Donskoy. Think about Hurdle's goal in Vegas, where Donskoy knocks down that puck with the, 
you know, right there in front of the net and then gives 48 that slick backhand feed. Think about that one he had early in the season. I think it was Tierney. And he gave him a no-look backhand feed from below the goal line. We've seen him create space for Logan Couture too. You're not going to get that type of stuff out of Melker Carlson. So like I said, now that Couture line becomes more of a second line. And then maybe you're not thinking of the Thornton line as more of a second line, possession line, ground them, grind them down, give, them a little bit, give me a little bit of offense type line. Moreover, then you're losing the depth of having a versatile player like Melker Carlson down on your third line. He was on the fourth line the other night to start, but I think you look at Melker and he's more of a third line type guy. I'd much rather have him there than Yannick Hansen. Yeah, I just don't think the Sharks have enough offensive creativity to be losing a guy like Don Skoy. We knew after last year that this team needed more offensively. They needed more offensive creativity, not less. Then you lose Patrick Marlowe. It would be a real blow to lose Donskoy for any extended period of time on top of that. And speaking of which, as I mentioned in my column yesterday, I think a potential trade partner is emerging in the Winnipeg Jets. Now, when we talk about potential trades, you're always looking at how those needs match up. In this modern NHL, more than ever, where everybody's dealing with tight budget restrictions and there's so much parity and everybody's kind of the same, you know, you need to find another team where they need what you have and you have what they need. The Sharks need skill. They need speed at forward. And they also want somebody who works for now and into the future. We hear that a lot from Doug Wilson. Well, what do they have that they could possibly give up? Blue line depth, right? I mean, they have eight guys. If you consider Paul Martin, who we haven't seen since the second game of the year, and Dylan DeMello, who's worked his way back in the lineup recently. Let's see. Who could use some blue line depth? And maybe they have enough speed and skill at forward to give some of it up. That's where you bring in the Jets stage right. The Jets are loaded with young talent up front. They've got a guy down at the AHL level, Jack Ruslovich, who's tearing it up, and they're still putting up 3.24 goals per game without him. But the Jets lost one of the anchors of their blue line last week in Tobias Enstrom who's also in the last year of his contract. He's supposed to be out about another seven weeks with this lower body injury. Perhaps the Jets could be enticed into trading for one of the Sharks' young defensemen like a Joachim Ryan, a Dylan DeMello, or a Tim Heed. Or maybe they'd even bite on the hook and go after a veteran like Justin Braun or Paul Martin to fill out the Enstrom hole. There's potential there. And I'm not going to even start to throw out names on the Jets roster in terms of who they might be willing to trade. I have no idea. 
I just know that they're young and deep and they could potentially give someone up without it breaking their roster. Not a lot of teams have speed and skill that they can give away. And I don't see it being like a one-to-one type trade if this were to happen. Because whoever the Sharks would get back straight up for a defenseman, you know, if they were to make a one-to-one trade for one of their defensemen, whoever they would get back wouldn't push the needle enough for them scoring-wise. I think they'd need to throw in a Timo Meyer, a LeBanc, or an O'Regan, or some sort of combination of these guys to offset the imbalance. If you're getting a guy back that you think, you know, can play in your top six and push the needle a little bit. The problem is the Jets aren't exactly desperate yet. While the Sharks, if they do lose Donskoy for any period of time, they're getting pretty desperate. The Jets are second in the Central Division, 15-6-4. They're 3-2-1 without Enstrom, so that does bode well for the Sharks a little bit. But for this type of deal to have any chance of happening, the Jets would need to show some serious cracks so that Kevin Sheveldayoff gets desperate enough to be willing to swing a deal. So don't look at something like this happening you know, here overnight. It's something that would need to develop uh, over a number of weeks, assuming that the Jets get desperate enough to want to pull off that type of trade. So I'm not saying that there's anything imminent here that I see happening. I'm just saying there's a whole lot of potential. The stars are lining up a little bit. But the Jets would need to slip in the central. That would give maybe give Chevy the impetus to make a move. It'll be interesting to see if Martin Jones is ready to go by Saturday for the Sharks' clash against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We should know on Friday whether or not Aaron Dell is in net against the Panthers might tip us off. Put it this way. If Jones isn't going to be ready this weekend for the Sharks' set of back-to-backs, or for the Sharks' back-to-backs, That would mean that Antoine Bebo would probably be going on Friday night against the Panthers, right? Because if you're going to have him start a game, you're not going to throw him in there against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Hey, guess what, kid? I know you only have two games of NHL experience. I know you are kind of came into this season as, you know, the backup guy in the AHL, not just our starter in the AHL. You're the backup to Troy Grosman, Grosnick, Rex Grossman, right? Wasn't he the quarterback for the Bears? And the Florida Gators, what do you know? Full circle. You came in here to be Grosnick's backup with the AHL Barracuda. You have two NHL games under your belt. By the way, kid, we're going to throw you in there against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Remember that team that played video game hockey all over us a couple weeks ago? Yeah, you're no, they're not going to do that. 
So if you feel like Jones isn't going to be ready, you'd have to give Bebo Friday's game against the Panthers, I would think, and then Dell goes Saturday against the Lightning. If Dell is in there Friday night, my guess is we're getting Jones Saturday night against the Lightning. And let me tell you, that Lightning game Saturday, that should be interesting. I am looking forward to that rematch. Again, you've got the top offense in the game against the top defense, and the Sharks really got it handed to them last time out. The Lightning were playing, I'm not just going to say they're playing the modern game. They're playing NHL hockey in the year 2030. And the Sharks, they were back in 2017. Some would suggest maybe back in 2012 with that LA King style of possession game. So you'd have to imagine that the Sharks are eager to show that that game was just an anomaly and that they can hang with anybody in the NHL. That their possession style game, their defensive game can hold up against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And that Sharks hockey, as we've come to know it under Peter DeBoer, that was on full display in that game against the Flyers Tuesday night. The Sharks got out to a lead in the first after falling behind. They tilted the ice. They owned the possession game. And they shut things down. Philly got just one shot on goal in the first 17-plus minutes of action in the third period. Just five shots on goal in the entire period altogether. But that was a Flyers team that's reeling confidence-wise. That was their ninth ninth consecutive loss. Their longest losing streak since 2008. Can the Sharks bring that type of game or anything, anything close to it against the Tampa Bay Lightning? Is that a formula that works against the middle of the pack? But once you get in against the elite teams, the speed teams like the Lightning, the Penguins in the Cup Final, does it still hold up? That's what we'll be watching for when the Sharks play the second game of a back-to-back Saturday. First, they will need to get through Bob Bugner, their former assistant coach, and the Florida Panthers here on Friday. That's all the time I have today for the Gackle Report. Thanks for listening, folks. Enjoy the back-to-backs this weekend. We will catch back up to you in Washington, D.C. on Monday. I'll be coming to you from a hotel in DuPont Circle. So on that folk on that note again folks have a great weekend. I am out. Dial